This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, August 16th. Okay, so on tap for the Morning Sports Desk today, again, want to give a shout out to our local high school athletes that are getting ready for their seasons, whether it's tennis, whether it's cross country, volleyball, football, they're going in for practices over the next few days and, uh, Well, it's going to start to get just a little bit warmer, which always threw in an interesting wrinkle. Uh, And honestly, when we had outdoor practices, I would rather be way too hot than way too cold because at least you expect to be sweating anyways and you expect to be gross and and at least you you have as little layers on as possible. That was always my one thing because when you got towards the end of the football season, you had to layer up and everything was cold and everything just felt a little bit tougher and, you know, it was just nicer when it was warm out, I guess. But... Anyway, uh, good luck to all these athletes as they continue to prepare. And again, we have local high school sports coming back on the airwaves in the end of the month, early September. Uh, The point is, it's not too far away. So... Let's now talk about the state sports as the Twins beat the Tigers 5-3 last night thanks to Matt Walner crushing a go-ahead grand slam in the sixth inning. And that whole sixth inning was just kind of something that the Twins hadn't done very often, but it's encouraging that they did it and that they've kind of started to do it, not consistently, but just a little bit more. And... What happened was is Jorge Polanco got a leadoff walk. He got on base, and Max Kepler popped one up right to the catcher or five feet off of home plate towards the third baseline, and he thought, ah, great, there's out number one. But the catcher and the third baseman lost it in the lights. The catcher lost it in the lights, and the third baseman kind of was ranging over like, oh, he'll make the catch. And all of a sudden, you could see him put his hands towards the guy like, oh, do you got it? And it landed right in between them. So Max Kepler had new life, as they call it. And he was at the plate and then smacked a single up the middle after working along at bat, by the way, uh, getting a lot of pitches thrown, uh, just generally doing the work that you need to do in some of these at-bats. He gets on base. And then the Twins have first and uh, runners on the corners and nobody out. Royce Lewis comes up and hits a uh, RBI single. His first game back in the lineup and Royce Lewis coming on. Willie Castro going to the 10-day IL with, uh, I believe it was a hamstring issue and he's going to be out for a little bit, but yeah, eh, well, life moves on. Having Royce Lewis back in this lineup is great because he comes right in, gets a big RBI single to put the Twins on the board. It's 2-1. And I got to say, uh, Royce Lewis is great, not only having the lineup because he's a talented baseball player and he gets the Twins just a little bit more healthy uh, as they try and push to clinch the AL Central, but what it also provides is a guy who just loves to play baseball like that guy's got an infectious energy you see it like he's always got a smile on his face he's always like in good spirits he's always he's a guy like you'd want to play with uh on your baseball team and so it's good to have Royce Lewis back for that reason alone twins have a 2-1 Carlos Correa hits a chopper up the middle and well really it bounces off a home plate goes right above the pitcher's head and Correa is able to leg out an infield single kind of makes up for all the the hard hit balls that he's hit right at people like later in the game when he had the bases loaded and grounded into a double play. I think it was a hot shot up the middle. Second baseman made a great backhand to play to turn two. But Carlos Craig gets on base. Bases are loaded. 
Matt Wallner comes up. 2-1 game. Nobody out. Bases loaded. Again, the Twins have struggled stringing hits together. They did that. They've also struggled getting runners home. They did that with the Royce Lewis RBI single. The Twins have struggled with the bases loaded, especially with the bases loaded nobody out. And he crushes one. Crushes one, does Matt Wallner, uh, into, left, or into right center field. That ball had a projected distance of 450 feet, which is the longest grand slam ever hit by the Twins in the StatCast era, but basically ever hit because that's as good of a measurement we have of hitting baseballs uh, as we do nowadays. So the Twins are starting to do a couple of those things that we wanted them to do all season long. One, of course, is clean up games against the Tigers, which they did that last night. Also, string some hits together and get the home run. Like, Corey, Corey will bring this up all the time, and he's not wrong uh, when he brings up the fact of, you know, solo home runs are fun and they're great, but it's only one run at the end of the day, to which, you know, it's like get a couple guys on base and then go for the big swing, and that's what the Twins did. Matt Walner got the big swing and put it over the fence, and boom, Twins win 5-3. to three. Now, the one thing about the uh, Matt Walner, and I, I think this kind of goes under the radar, is Matt Walner sat in the minor leagues for two months while Joey Gallo and Max Kepler were struggling. Like, that, Matt Walner has been one of the Twins' best hitters on this offense. Ryan Jeffers, Matt Walner. Those have been the two guys who have just, in terms of OPS, have had the best on-base plus slugging number in the entire team. And Matt Walner has helped out, and there are people who are like, well, I mean, it's a good thing the Twins waited to call him up because, you know, if, if you can't, you can't, the, you know, you just can't. You, you, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've had this debate with people online, and I, I understand where they're coming from, but at the end of the day, uh, they clung to their veterans, the Twins did, when they could have had Matt Walner. Now, would he be crushing at this level the entire time? Probably not. But at the end of the day, like he still deserved the call-up and deserved a chance, especially over a guy like Joey Gallo. So I don't know. I get Joey Gallo hit two home runs over the weekend, so we're all supposed to pretend that he didn't suck for the last month. But I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get that aspect. But hey, beggars can't be choosers. Not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. So Twins get a big win, and now they play a quick day game. And they play 11 and 30 pregame, 12 10 first pitch right here on KWAD. Twins try and go for that quick two game sweep. They're off again tomorrow, and then they welcome the Pittsburgh Pirates to town for three as well. On the bump is Kenta Maeda. That's my king, King Kenta. He's uh, got the ball today. Uh, one last thing for the Twins, and I think this again goes to the consistency and that chaotic energy that they've had. Over the last four months, basically since the season began, uh, is they have people like, oh, the Twins are so inconsistent. No, actually, they're very consistent. When they win four in a row, they'll lose four in a row. The Twins, uh, after Friday, had lost four games in a row. You know what they followed that up with? A three-game winning streak. You know what the Twins, before losing four in a row, you know what they had? A four-game winning streak coming in, or uh, actually a five-game winning streak, coming or six games, rather, sorry. My point is, six-game winning streak, four-game losing streak, now a four-game winning streak could potentially be met today. Uh, they're not uh, They're not inconsistent. They're chaotic. They have this, 
kind of agent of chaos, this, uh, like the Vikings were last season. The Vi- when something would happen with the Vikings, you wouldn't go, wow, I'm shocked. You would go, yeah, honestly, with what I've seen so far this season, that doesn't surprise me. A wild finish for the Vikings doesn't surprise me. And when it's the Twins and they kind of go on these up and downs, you shouldn't be surprised by that at this point in the year. And it's been really interesting because the biggest agent of chaos on the Twins has been Emilio Pagan, of all people. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, he's been pitching a lot better. I'll give him that, despite me wanting him off the roster like all season long and most of last season. He's been pitching better. Been honestly, you know, Duran struggled a little bit. He's still been fine, but he struggled. You can make the case that Emilio Pagan has been the Twins' best reliever, maybe him and Thielbar, over the last couple weeks. But Thielbar has just gotten off the IL. So, good times in Twins world, I guess. Bad times for me and my predictions. Um, what else do we got today? The Vikings are holding a joint practice with the Tennessee Titans today and tomorrow, off day Friday, and then there's a preseason game on Saturday that you can listen over on the Superstation, K106, 105.9 FM. That's a 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. But the joint practices begin today, and basically what that means is what it means. Both teams are going to practice together. One team's offense is going to go against the other team's defense. And this is more of a gauge. This is a better judge than the preseason games. Because one, uh, the teams actually let their starters play in these. And two, because there's always a vested interest in not trying to show up your guys in practice. And now that you're facing another team, you don't care. And the Titans have a good defense. So if we want to tell how good Jordan Addison has actually been or... You know, some of these other guys for the Vikings, because we already know Justin Jefferson's good. But if you want to see how good Jordan Addison is, if you want to see how good KJ Osborne or TJ Hawkinson or whoever has been in training camp, you want to see it against a good Tennessee Titans defense. How good has the offensive line been or how bad will it be? We're about to find out those answers or at least get kind of a bellwether pretty quickly. And that's how you should judge these Judge them on how the starters do, because no matter how many starters play in the preseason, you should judge the practice reps over the preseason game reps. And uh, so if you hear reports coming from the joint practices and then you watch the preseason game and they're both conflicting, I would listen to the joint practice rather than the game because the teams just do more. Uh, they go a little bit more full speed. Uh, it's practice, so teams can kind of adjust on the fly and uh, do a whole lot of other stuff. So if you want to see how good Kirk and the offense are looking and they play in the preseason game and they look great, I mean, that's a good sign, but I would judge it a lot more in practice, weirdly enough, which Allen Iverson would not agree with. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on. Uh, we got a blindside update uh, because the Tui family, as we talked about yesterday, has been accused by Michael Orr, the guy from the blindside, Ole Miss lineman, NFL offensive lineman, uh, accused the Tui family of signing him to a conservatorship and not adoption papers, which basically means that he never actually became part of the family. Instead, uh, basically, the Tui family was able to uh, negotiate on behalf of him and basically not get him any money for anything. That's what he's alleging. And the Tui family is alleging now that Michael Orr uh, told them, pay me $15 million or I'm going to take this story to ESPN. And look, it's a fascinating story, not in a good way, but it's a fascinating story of uh, this relationship deteriorating. And the answers are going to get settled out in court. I'm not sure who I believe 
in this situation. I'm more inclined to believe Michael Orr, but I also have no idea. And that's the point. So we'll let this all get settled out in court. But it's a really sucky situation, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, With all that, I just want to be able to watch the movie in peace. And now I feel like I won't be able to do that anymore. So there goes one of my favorite sports movies. (sighs) All right. Broadcast schedule one more time for everybody. Twins and the Tigers. Twins try and go for the sweep. It's Kenta Maeda. He gets the ball. And it is a 11.30 pregame, 12.10 first pitch right here on 101.7 and AM 920 KWAD. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, August 16th.